You guys, it's an officially, it's officially a trend. It's officially we are in our rhythm. We have the full flex squad here, and to come to celebrate everyone being here, I've given everyone nicknames, which I will go around the horn and introduce to get us started. Big Mac Hari Gopal, how you doing, buddy? I'm do I'm doing great, man. I'm feeling strong. <laughs> I've almost recouped all my World Cup losses. I'm feeling oh <laughs> man. I'm I'm back in the black. I'm back in black. Let's go. There we go. And by uh, a nickname that he has shared with us, which I feel has all too appropriate after his last two weeks, Bavada Swami. How you doing, buddy? Oh my gosh, you guys! I am naked because I am just too hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I want. And finally, Mister Eyes Above the Sky, Mister Seer of All Bets. Mr. Make sure that we're not doing anything stupid. Mark Amons, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great. All I need is for the Dems to take the house tomorrow, and I'm even on the year. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> yes, Mark. <laughs> That's all I need. Amazing. Oh, my God. That's it. Guys, guys what, what a weekend. What a weekend. I'll tell you, I'm going to share a story with you all uh, that happened to me today that I feel like speaks to just how great of a gambling weekend we had. And that was today um, when I was going through our picks from last week and also going through just all of our texts and, and shares of bets. I then decided before I sent out the lines to go onto Google flights and just see how much does it cost to go to Vegas for March Madness? This is where my head was at today. And I said, could we pay for our entire trip? And I had the email queued up and I was like, flex squad goes to Vegas. And I was going to send it to you all. And then I said, this is a little too ridiculous. Um, and so I held off. But there was a moment where a $414 direct JetBlue flight was in my queue on Google Flights, ready to be bought uh, for March Madness in, in, in Vegas. But that's how I feel. That's how excited I am. Everyone, I want you to share your favorite gambling story of the weekend. Ramu, I'll let you go first. Uh, it's waking up Sunday morning um, from being basically uh, blackout at a wedding that I crashed um, Saturday night and seeing that I had made incredible picks and was up uh, about 300,000% Kager. <laughs> All right. That, 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 that's a good one. Um, Mark, what about you, buddy? My favorite moment is that this whole miraculous gambling weekend started with like the single most depressing bet I've ever placed, which was like this Friday night Mavs. I don't even know who they were playing, but to me, we bet the Mavs based on some scouting report you did three years ago at the University of Houston. Like we're, yeah. we're talking about this legendary gambling weekend, and it started with like a flop in a in the <laughs> world's most irrelevant <laughs> basketball game. Terrible. You know, to 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 go off of that and feed my degenerate. Uh, I actually then bet on the night game in the NBA that night because the Blazers were playing the Pelicans at home and Anthony Davis was announced out and I bet the first half spread and the full game spread for the Blazers to cover and hit them both. So I wanted to text you, but I wasn't feeling confident enough with my NBA skills yet, but yeah, I made yeah, up for it, I wouldn't know great at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Hari, what about you, buddy? Oh, I mean, you guys know what it is. It was 100%. Uh, betting on MLS playoffs, Atlanta United. Being <laughs> able great. to monetize, like every time I talk about monetize your misery on this podcast, it, it never works. I always bet against my team 
and then my teams will win. And I'll be like, well, I guess I'm happy, but I'm out $35. But this time, it all worked out. Atlanta United won. I hate them. I made money. Literally nothing bad can happen. And if you're looking for more money to be made, I bet again on them again. Uh, it's, they, they're a goal to cover. They're in plus money if they win the game by one or more. Um, and then you can also get them on the draw also just in case you can back end it. Literally, you can't lose in MLS betting. It's always a win. Why didn't we? Why didn't we do this during the World Cup? Was it just like we didn't appreciate the like, cover it with the draw? The I have a firm belief we have now gotten into that ten thousand hours. We essentially are the book outliers where we like weren't good at something and then we hit ten thousand hours and now we're experts. That's what's happened to this podcast. <laughs> you've, been Kirk, you've been hanging out with Kirk. You've been hanging out Kirk Cousins too much. Yeah, that's you what Kirk Cousins are experts. Eating Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, listen, Malcolm Gladwell is the, essentially the founding father of this podcast, and we've just re- exceeded 10,000 hours. Essentially, if we had focused <laughs> this podcast on playing the violin, we'd be able to play the violin perfectly. Literally could have done anything. We just happen to be very good at gambling. That's, man. I'm, uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking at where this all took off for me, and I think, I think this started with Mac football on a Saturday, Central Michigan, three and a half, 13 and a half, uh, to cover at Eastern Michigan. Mac football is where it took off for me. Incredible. Yeah, they're oh, – Hari, I cannot even begin to describe your success with the Mac, Big Mac Hari. Just, I love it. I love I love every part <laughs> oh, of it. Maybe that's the nickname, Big Mac Hari. That's that that was the nickname. Bro, you got to wake up. You got to wake up before <laughs> you podcast. You can't be sleeping right up until the podcast. I just, look, I just got sleepy, guys. I just took a nap. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's get this kicked off. We got some boring-ass college games, but we'll hit them anyways. And first, in primetime, 7 p.m. on ESPN2, Miami at the Jackets, Georgia Tech, minus four, over, under 55. You guys, we, we've had two locks on the Jackets this year, and we've gone one and one um, in that the Jackets have somehow won both of those games, and we have been led to believe that they will not win. I think this is the moment of correction because for all of us that watched the Georgia Tech game closely against UNC, we all got very, very worried we weren't going to cover this four-point spread, which like got bet up to like, what, six and a half by kickoff or something ridiculous like that. So I look at this and I don't, I don't remember the last time we beat Miami, like period. Maybe like the Justin Thomas year, I guess, uh, when we went to the Orange Bowl. So look at this game. The Miami loss to Duke was a little fluky just because the weather was literally insane. I mean, it was like a monsoon in Miami. So I look for the Hurricanes. I look for Mark Rick, who has coached against this option offense on many, many occasions. And I feel like I take Miami plus four here. But let's see if any of you guys disagree. Mark, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this is a primetime game because I'm like, I'm kind of pissed at Georgia Tech for messing up my Saturday routine. I was really settling into these noon games where I just wake up, you know, make some coffee, watch, watch the jackets and then go about my day. Now I have to like come back to the jackets at the end of the day, which is usually when I get to watch real college football. So that's pretty disappointing. But um, I think in reality, this is a stay away for me. Um, like you said, Simeon, I think Georgia Tech showed some of the real colors in that ugly UNC game, but also like this Miami team is a complete disaster. They're 0 and 4 against the spread in their last four. Um, they've been a huge disappointment this year. Like, let's not forget that they were like top 10 at the beginning of the year, and it's been like nothing but downhill from there. Um, so to stay away in reality, I think there is some value if, if you want to bet the game to, to take Miami in the points. Like you said, given uh, 
the Jackets have historically struggled uh, against this program. So give me give me the Hurricanes and, and four. And there we go, baby. Hari, the Mark Rick whisperer, the Mark Rick to, to Georgia Tech uh, bandwagon leader. Where are we going with this game? Oh, first of all, Mark Rick is definitely coming to Atlanta. Um, if, if after this game, you'll see why. So if you look at, again, if you look at S&P Plus, which is essentially the only reason anyone was betting up Georgia Tech against Virginia Tech, um, we actually are ranked 60th in S&P Plus. Virginia Tech is ranked 61st in S&P Plus. So if you, if you believe that this is actually a good indicator of how teams are going to play on the day of the game, then you have to believe this next fact, where we are 60th in S&P Plus, and Miami is 21st. Um, they're actually a very good team, like probably a top 25 team who's just hit a horrible stretch right now. Um, right now it is $23 to get into this game, uh, this weekend. Um, it's not going to be packed. It's going to be a whiteout or whatever, but this fan base is dead. It's not nearly going to be the whiteout that we've run against Miami where we beat them in 08. Um, I just think like this is going to be like Mark Rick. He never loses in Atlanta. And of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times we've played Miami, we've lost eight of them. So I don't Thank see you. all of yeah. a sudden how how we are how Paul Johnson has figured out this team. The problem is like you we can't beat athletes. Like the option is it's fundamentally a solved offense. Um, so if you're not taking Miami money line, I, I don't know what you're doing. That's that's the that's the Georgia that's Tech the bet. this week is Miami money line. I like it. Remove. Coming off that heater yeah. of the Michigan game, how are we feeling about this this jacket game? I love betting against Georgia Tech. So if we have an option here where we're seeing an opportunity, that's like my favorite bet ever. Um, I also want to just keep an eye on this over-under. Let's, let's watch this mid-game, maybe make the decision live. I think this will go a little bit over 55. Um, we've been playing well and putting up points, and, and we tend to go a little bit over. I don't think uh, Vegas is quite adjusted for that. And I do like this, this Mark Rick you know, seen the option offense many times at Georgia before narrative. Um, let's, let's have some fun with Miami Moneyline. That could be fun. Let's see. Yeah, I think, Har, you kind of convinced me there. I, I, I have never, ever been worried about the Georgia Tech, like, backdoor cover. Um, and I, I stand by my point that I don't ever remember that happening. So if I'm betting this game, it's probably Miami Moneyline. What is it, like, plus 170? I'm, I'm trying to pull it up now, but my guess is that's probably around what it is. So we'll have to, we'll have to play that um, or see how that lands, you know, at least towards kickoff and feel like if we've, if we've hit our Tuesday night Mac bet, that's how, you know, we're off to a good week. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. On to the next game, the pokes, the Oklahoma state pokes traveling to Oklahoma bedlam, craziness, madness, Oklahoma minus 17 and a half over under 80. I only put this on here in the hopes that maybe Madison listens to the podcast and, this way we give her uh, her team her due credit. So, Mark, please tell me what you're doing at this game. Yeah, so here's how this game went down uh, today. Uh, this morning, I'm sitting, I'm sitting at my desk doing my spreadsheets, and my wife, Madison, texts me out of the blue, pokes, plus 17 and a half, lock it in. I said, okay, okay, we're going we're gonna to lock it in. I said, That's I said it. how much? She, she said, give me five. I said, okay, I'm going to put, put five bucks on Bavada on the pokes. Then this evening, I get, your, I get the podcast lines. I text her. Say, okay, babe, we're talking about Bedlam on the podcast. Give me some talking points. And she texts me back. She says, oh, my gun, you can't beat the Sooners. I said, well, okay. Well, we just bet on the pokes. She's like, yeah, okay. 
So she found me some talking points, and they are this. Number one, Kyler Murray, 0-5 all-time against the Pokes. Granted, he is 0-0 in football, but 0-5 in baseball. We think he's going to struggle against the, the uh, orange. He's going to okay. struggle against the orange of Oklahoma State. <laughs> Number two, in reality, like, if you look back at the series, like, it's Bedlam. Oh, my God, it's crazy. And, it, like, people like to think it's always a close game. It's actually not. Um, it, like, the average uh, differential in the series over the last decade has been, like, 14 points. Um, but if you look back at like the most, the, the last time the spread was this big, it was 2014. It was also in Norman, um, and the Sooners were also favorited. And the Pokes actually won that game straight up. Um, so I think they have a puncher's chance here. Oklahoma is like 75th in the nation in scoring defense. They don't stop anybody. Um, they fire their defensive coordinator midseason. So like 17 and a half is a lot. So I'll stick with uh, I'll I'll stick with what's going to keep me out of trouble here at home and give me the Pokes. Folks, 17 and a half. Um, yeah, I was looking at this as well. And, like, essentially what the Oklahoma State season is boiled down to is that they're terrible on the road and good at home because, like, they've obviously – good, good good on us to stay away from the game. But uh, they lost to Baylor um, this past weekend. I believe they lost at Iowa State as well. Uh, no, this past weekend they lost at Baylor. Right, right. Lost at Baylor, lost at Kansas okay, State. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously one and then lost at home against Iowa state, but then like somehow beat Texas, like they've all been close games, um, which I guess I credit them for that. But those two road losses, uh, in the big 12 kind of scare me, uh, especially considering neither of those teams are very good. I look at this Oklahoma team and like Kyler Murray is like a video game player. Like watching him play is like the closest thing I feel like one can get to like watching Tyree kill in the NFL where like, it just looks like he moves faster than everyone. Um, so I know this is a lot of points here, but I think, oh, you just whooped that ass, man. Give me the, uh, give me the Sooners to cover 17 and a half. Ramu, Big 12 football. Where are we going? I, I would actually look to maybe take the Sooners in a teaser here and bring them down just to make sure that they cover it. Um, Mm. a couple other, a couple other bets and, and just. Let that be a three thirty appetizer. To, to this is this out. is a stay away. What's the palate? This is stay away trade. A, a stay away on the straight up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. So I I like maybe to tease it down a little bit and let the the Sooners just make sure that they they cover the that maybe like a eleven point spread. Okay, fine. I'll just I'll just put you as a dash in my booklet. Hari, Big Twelve football. Where are we going with this? Oh, yeah. So uh, my wife and I have been recently watching this uh, documentary about polygamists. Uh, And in the documentary about polygamists, uh, in one of the scenes, so the way it works is like you sort of have multiple wives and some might have jobs and some may not. So one of the wives in this family doesn't have a job. And so she has to stay at home and like provide for all the kids. Um, And in it, one of the scenes, uh, like she's very upset. She's had like a really hard day Um, and she's made all these sandwiches. And the husband comes home and is like, hey, are we just going to eat sandwiches tonight? And she's like, yes, I've had such a busy day and all this. Uh, and then off screen, uh, there's a little boy, and he says uh, in the distance, he goes, that's a lot of sandwiches. Uh, so I think I'm starting to say, this is a lot of points. I don't think they'll be able to cover it. So, yeah, give me Oklahoma State. Okay, I'm just going to – okay. <laughs> that was good. That was good analogy. <laughs> I thought, you were gonna, <laughs> I 
thought you were going to go. Dig back I thought you were going to go like he made too many sandwiches, so maybe you go with too many points. Give me the under. Oh, I thought there like no. I did not think that that was going to go to a spread bet. I at least thought it was going to go to an over under bet. Which for reference, this game had a hundred and fourteen points last year for whatever it's worth, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> which is just insane. All right, on to. Guess the lines of the week. Ramu, who's guess the lines of the week for college sponsored by this week? Okay, uh, guess the lines for the week uh, is presented by Home Depot, where you can go and get your barrels of sacks because that's all you're going to be seeing uh, on this Clemson side is a bunch of sacks. So Home Depot, your proud sponsor for this game. Home Depot. I love it. All right, let's go around the horn. Everyone tell me the spread and the over-under, uh, and winner gets to talk first. Uh, Ramu, as I always do, I start with you. Clemson at Boston College, spread and over-under. The spread. And let me let me just first say, we were texting about this. I, I, I really didn't know where to go, um, given that Clemson just smashed every spread over and over again. We made a lot of money off of them. Um, Let's say it's uh, it can't be more than twenty one and a half. Well, they're 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 ranked. Yeah, Boston okay. College ranked twenty two. We have both both teams yeah. at this yeah. game. Yeah, they're both ranked. Let's let's bring it down. Let's go. Uh, let's go fifteen and a half, and uh, over under is is maybe like sixty seven. Okay, fifteen Ooh. and a half, sixty seven. Mark. Guess the line of the week. Uh, I was going to go Clemson by 18 over under 62. Hmm. I really don't know, though. This is, okay. this is a wild one. That is a wild one. Uh, Hari, take us home. I said 14 that Clemson is favored by, and I was going to say that it's going to be 58 and a half. Okay. Mark. Well done. It is 18 over under 59. Ah. Curious that all of you guessed higher than that. But Mark, Clemson, minus 18 at Boston College, over under 59. Where are you going with this game? So here's the deal. We've, like, we've seen this game before two weeks ago, and it was Clemson-NC State. And like Boston College, yes, is ranked. Yes, is 7-2. and two, But also like hasn't really played anybody. Like They have, I guess, like a good loss. To, uh, to Purdue on the road. They beat NC State, but like other than that, there's nothing remarkable on their resume. And this Clemson team is just like a buzzsaw right now. They just hung they just hung 77 on Bobby Petrino in Louisville. And like, honestly, they probably could have hung 100 if they really wanted to. Like they're, they're having their way with Trevor Lawrence settling in this offense. And they're not like, like there's the old like, like quote unquote Clemsoning thing, but like there's not going to be a letdown game on the road with college game day there. They're going to be ready for this game like Dabo Sweeney doesn't lose. Wait, 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 wait. College game day is there? Yes, college game day is in Chestnut what? Hill, Massachusetts for this game. Oh my yeah, like god. This, like this is this is the only way that you think this is going to be close is like Clemson has one of their classic letdown games, but it's not going to happen with the amount of tension that's going to be on this game. Like Dabo Sweeney's not losing this game. It's not going to be close. Give me Clemson live 18. Hmm. Interesting. Sorry, ACC, mid-tier, I say mid-tier, this is like high-tier ACC. Where are you going? High-tier, high-end ACC. Um, so actually, the, the interesting thing about Clemson is, so I, I think Mark said it correctly, I think they're a real bus license. They're really, really good. 
The problem is Clemson isn't the best at covering. They're five and four against the spread this year, uh, while Boston College is seven and two against the spread. Um, so, like, I'm very big on the good teams win, great teams cover piece. And Clemson, now that there's all this sort of national championship hype, it feels like even as big as this game would be for Clemson, it's a huge game for Boston College. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of points. And, I, you know, I feel really good about saying that I think I think Boston College will play them close. I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't think they're going to beat Clemson, but I think like, you know, it's a huge game for, for Boston College and like really could propel them into like relevance in this conference, which they have not had in, you know, since they joined uh, from the Big East. So yeah, give me Boston College here to, to maybe make it a little bit interesting on Saturday. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I think where my head goes is, you know when like your team first gets good and then like the lights are just a little too big in that first primetime game? Like that's what it feels like this Boston College team is going to look like. I think they're going to come out and just sort of be taken aback and I'm curious to see how long it takes for them to settle into this game. Um, and so I look at this and say, well, the over-under is kind of low. Um, because Boston college, like in all of its games, I think the lowest they've scored, which usually we think of them as like a not very high powered offense. I think the lowest they scored was 28 against NC state. Oh no, sorry. It's 13 on the road at Purdue, but outside of that game, um, you know, 23 on the road at NC state, but at home 38, 27, 45, 62, 55. So if you had to ask me if Boston college can get to 25, 24 points, I think they do it because Clemson seems like they're going to be able to put up points as well. Um, And so I'm actually going to go with the over in this game um, just because Clemson may not cover, but if they, you know, essentially win like 37, 24, like that seems about right in terms of where I think this game lands. Ramu, where are you going with this game? Yeah, that's what I was looking at, too. That that did me right last week, and I feel like this Clemson team at any point is just able to score. They're, they're, um, they're running back Travis uh, Etienne. Is just, he's just a monster and can just break through lines and just go for yards. Um, I'm, I'm, I was impressed by them when I watched last weekend. They have the ability to basically just score at will. And, and this this line, is it at, would you say, was that 59 and a half? Is that it? 59. Yeah, that's, that seems a little low to me. Um, but I agree with you. But it's still a lot of points. I think they'll cover it um, on the over-under. So that seems like the value there. The other one I would look at is is Clemson covering the first half. Um, I That came back to bite me and I uh, last week when I tried to bet against Saban on the road. And I've learned my lesson. Don't bet against these good kids on the road, especially when their team has been under the bright lights. Like If it's Clemson like minus eight, or minus nine in the first half, like I would, I would eye that as well. Yeah, three, three and one against spread away. Not, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, and then Clemson does that weird thing where, unlike Alabama, they'll actually start to pull, pull some of their starting players and, and let some of their the rest of their B squad get some reps, just get experience. Um, they're starting to blow teams out. Yeah, that's true. Also, we have a we have an important update. Uh, Sean Lee just looks like he tore his hamstring um, and huddled back, hobbled back to the uh, locker room. So oh, I wasn't even going to say anything. If anyone's oh looking to go in game, maybe bet against this Cowboys team. Um, anyways, back to this is a nice little prelude to the NFL with a 
finally an exciting Thursday night game after two just fucking shit shows. We got the Panthers traveling to Pittsburgh at Steelers minus four over under 50 and a half. Hari, are you, are, are we underestimating this Panthers team in the NFC South? Ah, uh, no. I like, I think that they're <laughs> fine. Like <laughs> this Panthers team is fine. And I think what they did last week was very, very impressive. Uh, I, I think like that, that game, Felt like it should have been much closer than it was, and and that that you know Cam really pulled it away in that game. Um, I I still like um, the Panthers in this game. Uh, what's the spread again here? Four. Uh, the plus four. four. Yeah, I I like the Panthers here. Um, I think that they're gonna win outright, and I think they're gonna you know win this game you know by I would say a touchdown or so. I, I think they're a good team. I just don't think they can win in the South. So, like, those are two separate questions. I think they're going to do really well in this game. I think they're going to win separately. I don't think they can win in the South because I think they're going to have a lot of issues with the New Orleans of the world and now with this, what appears to be a rejuvenated Atlanta team uh, in the NFC South. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know, I look at this and I think this Panthers team, to me, is a little underestimated um, just because of the fact that, you know, they're 6-2 and two right now. Um, a, with a couple of good wins, like especially that at Eagles and then the Ravens at home, like you you pull off back to back games like that, and I feel like it's like okay, these guys like seem like they're for real. Um, you know, losing at Washington obviously looks a little bit rough now, but throw that one aside, and I think this team is is actually pretty good. Um, they still have got the Saints twice, so I think we'll learn a lot in those games. Not to mention that the fact that two of those like they play them twice in the last three weeks, they go. Saints at home, Falcons at home, and then at New Orleans to end the season. But Christian McCaffrey seems like he's figured it out. He's been lighting up my fantasy team, and he has been lighting up the end zone and has figured out a way to to actually put the ball um, and get seven. And this Pittsburgh, you know, here's a stat that we haven't referenced in a while. Pittsburgh defense is not very good and ranks 21st in DVOA. Um, and so I, I think the Panthers have a good chance at covering here. Pittsburgh, um, has come off their bye and, and looked pretty strong, but they haven't really felt like they've beaten anyone that tough. I mean, I guess at Ravens maybe, but I don't, I think this will be a real test for them. It's Thursday night. It's a short week. Give me the Panthers to cover here. Ramu, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Are we underestimating the Panthers in the NFC South? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know uh, if I've seen enough from their offense to say that they're back on track and, and to see if Greg Olson um, is the key to really kind of making them lock uh, from an offensive standpoint. They definitely have defensive deficiencies. Um, so let's give it maybe another game or two to really kind of put them into a top tier echelon, um, a top 10 or a top. I mean, we would put them in a top 10, but I don't know if they would crack a top five, right? Um I like maybe the over under here, uh, 50 and a half to little, maybe low. I would say this goes to maybe 55. They're looking at two pretty decent offenses, especially with James Conner, just looking like a, a madman. Out oh, there. Man, he's been awesome. Back. Yeah. So, you know, I think both of these teams have deficiencies in defenses that can be exploited. Um, and so maybe this, this drives up that, that value. So yeah, I like the over here. Man, you are on the over all week. You got over in the Jackets <laughs> game, over in this Clemson-BC game, over in this game. Ride it, buddy. Ride it till he dies. 
Jesus. Everyone's hungry. Everybody wants to score right now. That's it. Mark, take us home. Panthers-Steelers. Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to add, except for the fact that I, I just hate taking the road team in these Thursday night games. Um, I think unless it's like a grossly overmatched road team um, traveling for on this short week, that it's just a huge disadvantage from just a physical preparation and game planning perspective. So um, I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. Uh, the only road win that Carolina has is unfortunately at the Eagles where they came back from 17-0. Otherwise they're uh, well total. They're one and two on the road. So they're not a great team um, away from Bank of America stadium. So uh, give me big Ben, give me the Steelers. Um, and again, mostly because it's a short week in there at home. There you go. All right. Fair enough. Um, okay. On to, the barn burner. That as, is, sorry, as a, as, a very, as a very short note about what Mark said, road teams approximately win about half of um, all Thursday night games. So mm-hmm. don't listen. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. I had no data. I brought no data to this conversation. That was just my own personal. <laughs> this, this, year, this, year, this year, road teams are not performing. This year, road teams are three and six. But in previous seasons, it usually evens out. It's usually 50-50. Yeah, while you guys were talking, I tried to Google Thursday night road team record and I didn't find anything, so I just I just talked. I'm just scrolling oh. through Wikipedia and trying to count all the highlights. This okay, yeah, I, I, I tried to do that, but yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> High level analysis, baby, I love it. I love every part of it. Um, let's go to the barn burner. That is the Falcons traveling to Cleveland. Um, Falcons favored by four over under fifty one. Hari. Ramu, I'll start with both of you guys. Well, actually, I'll start with Ramu first. <laughs> Y'all know Ramu's going that. over here. Ramu, are the Falcons back? The Falcons, the Falcons have never went anywhere. They just hit some tough teams, had a tough schedule, and now this is the the cush part of their schedule where they're about to flex their might and make it into the playoffs with a a fifty a five hundred record. It'll be unprecedented, and then they're going to tear it up. Uh, the Falcons never went anywhere. They're fine. Uh, defense is, is definitely uh, lackluster, but listen, this offense can score, baby. And 50 seems really low to me. And I also like the four. I would parlay it together <laughs> and call it some value. Falcons cover and over. Man. Falcons <laughs> We're getting real I brave know. on this podcast. There used to be like a lot of typing right before he would talk and then be like, oh, I don't know. I guess it was just the Falcons. And now he's getting real fucking play. <laughs> One good week. Oh, man. I know. Julio just That's got his first thing. touchdown. His, his appetite is wet. He is hungry for more touchdowns. I like it. Let's go. Oh, my God. I love it. The overconfidence is just spewing, spewing from you, Ramil. Hari, what about you, man? Are the Falcons back? Well, I mean, if you look at the playoff picture, we're back. I mean, the Falcons are – I mean, we talked about this. Again, I'll, I'll reference it until we're done with the five games. But we talked about five games ago that there's a very reasonable chance that this team could go four and one over five games and then be right back in the playoff picture because we have sort of an easy part of the schedule. And now we're 3-0 and through those games. And it looks like this Browns game, we have a chance of winning. And then, you know, the week after that, we get this Cowboys team, which looks to be in disarray. So, right, there's a very reasonable chance that we could go do that. With that being said, separately, I am always very wary about Matt Ryan in these like cold weather games outdoors. Like there's precipitation on Friday, there's precipitation on Sunday, or sorry, on Saturday and Monday. So it like looks like there's going to be like some bad weather in the Cleveland area. Um, and Matt Ryan like technically has a winning record in those. He's he's six and four, six and four in like outdoor 
games that are below 45 degrees. So like he technically has a winning record, but like I've seen him play and that man is not very excited to play in cold weather. So I'm going to do what I keep doing on this podcast, which is give me the Browns to win and cover. Uh, and then I'll be what? pleasantly surprised when Sorry. Yeah, and then I'll be pleasantly, everyone calm down and I'll be pleasantly surprised when the Falcons end up winning and I'll feel great. Cheers. Oh my gosh. Monetize your misery. Yeah. Monetize you your go. misery. Everyone do it. That's fascinating. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at... He went to Boston College and lit people up there. He he knows how to play the court. And he also played in Pennsylvania. But here's what happens. He doesn't know how to win in the state of Pennsylvania. He's like 0-6 there, even though he played his entire high school there. (laughs) (laughs) None of that means anything. What I do know is that... I don't know. This is in Ohio. Why are we talking about Pennsylvania? Yeah, I think my only counterpoint to all of this, Hari, is like it's the Browns, dude. Like, when do you ever bet? I'm not saying more or less like ignore your Browns money line comment, but like nobody bets Browns money line. Like that's just a crazy. Like, if anything, you probably make more money betting Browns ties like over the course of the last three years <laughs> than you would betting Browns money line. Like it's unbelievable. And so look at this last game um, against the chiefs. And I feel like that's like a pretty good blueprint for how the Falcons are going to handle the Browns because again, the chiefs don't have a great defense and it feels like they let off the gas a little bit as well. Like once they were like, okay, like this game is very well in hand. Um, you know, they went like essentially here are their, here, this is actually amazing. Here are their drives for the for the for that game. Uh, Chiefs went first drive touchdown, second drive touchdown, third drive touchdown, fourth drive interception on a hail mary, fifth drive uh, hail mary before the ending of the half, fifth drive touchdown, sixth drive touchdown, seventh drive field goal, eighth drive ran out the clock punt, ninth drive ran out the clock punt, and it was over. So essentially, the first seven drives of the game were scoring <laughs> drives and/or attempts at hail mary, like. <laughs> Do not sit here and tell me that the Falcons aren't going to be able to do the same thing that this Browns team. Like, fine, Baker Mayfield gets his, like, 21 points. But, like, the Falcons are going to put up 35 in their sleep against this team. And there's no way Cleveland gets to 30. They just don't have the offensive firepower. They're not well coached enough. which is not going to happen. Unless, like, Nick Chubb goes, like, straight revenge. Like, I, you know, miss Atlanta. I'm going to prove something. And, like, I want them to, you know, bring me back because I'm tired of playing in this shitty franchise that is Cleveland. Like, the Falcons are going to cover this for easy money. Give me the Falcons. Mark, where are you going with this I'm game? Kinda... No, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Rumi. No, 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 no. Let's somewhere finish and I'll come back to you. Yeah, I mean, the way I think about this is, like, if this had been the guess the Lions game, like, I think I would have made this, like, Falcons by a touchdown. Like, th- these are two teams trending complete opposite directions. Browns are a disaster. Anyone who watched Hard Knocks would have seen it coming, but they fire their offensive coordinator. They fire their head coach. They have a rookie quarterback. Meanwhile, yeah, like Atlanta has like kind of turned it around. Like they had a quality road win this past week. Um, and I, I just like the Falcons a lot here. I think I don't think four is a high price to pay um, for a team going going on the road to play a team with a rookie quarterback and an interim head coach who is a defensive coordinator. Like it, like there's just no continuity in this Browns organization right now. So give give me give me the birds. So, Let's go, man. I, okay, so I, I I have a question. So if you go to the the Browns like SB Nation um, site, their top story is about how the Browns are in the running for another good draft pick. Do you think the Browns, right? I mean, this is a little bit of arbitrage. Do you think the Browns are already thinking ahead to next season? Are going to be like the Falcons? Not really yes. worried about this game and just yes. I mean, they have to, right? Like that's what 
the franchise has been doing that for a decade now. Like, what's to say this year is any different? Like, because they also, drafted like, a, a quarterback in the first round. This is like the fourth time they've done that. Of course, they're looking ahead. And also, like, who in their organization is like, we must win now? Like, the fucking head coach is gone. Like, Greg Williams is talking about how he had like 34 job offers, but like, yeah, okay, dude, relax. Um, like, no one here, <laughs> no one here is saying like, we need to win now. Like, that's just not how these guys are bred. Is not happening. I saw two tweets this week. One that said, listen, they had some of the best practices of the season. By them, I mean the Browns. Oh, that they came out there with some real intensity. <laughs> Everyone, please, let me tell you my second stat. My second stat is, you may have forgotten, but this team was 3-1 and one in the preseason. <laughs> Those are both. Sorry, <laughs> <That's> shut up. <laughs> okay, give me. I'd like to take like the Falcons. Falcons. Give me Falcons. Okay, give me, some, give me the Falcons money line. I'd like to change my Oh, there it is. There I'm changing my pick too. I, I like them on the spread. I'm now I'm scared about the the over under. I don't know if they can make it over with the the Browns being just in that. Yeah, um, this thing. I, I also go ahead, Ramu. I looked at uh the projections for um where people think the power rankings are going to be for the NFL, and I was surprised they have Falcons. This is a Bleacher Report article predicted at 13th behind the Eagles, Bears, and Bengals. And maybe I'm just, like, a little bit, you know, bullish on the, the Falcons, but I would put us in the top ten. I would put us above those three teams. I'd put us above the Texans and right behind probably the Vikings. I, I don't you know. Yeah, put us like over the Eagles, even though we lost to the Eagles? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah, if you I – I think power rankings are fucking stupid. I just want to see if you guys can like make the playoffs. And like, I think one thing that is interesting is that this, that home win against Carolina is going to play a big factor in when it comes to like tiebreakers and such, because um, obviously you lost to the Saints at home. It seems like they're going to run away with the division. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that, that game as one that I think is going to really come back to help you guys. So anyways, everyone bet the Falcons. Stop telling yourself yeah. the Browns are going to cover. Like, relax, guys. Um, all right, on to Sunday night football. I think this marks the fifth time the Cowboys are on primetime this season through 10 weeks. <laughs> Cowboys at Eagles, minus six over under 43 and a half. Jesus, Mark. Where are you going with this game? Um, so, th- for me, at least for me as an Eagles fan, like, this game is about one person. Um, and it's not Carson Wentz. It's not Golden Tate. It, it's, it's no player. This game's about Doug Peterson. I mean, here's a guy who two years ago, you know, now it's kind of infamous, was like called like the worst head coach in the NFL, like was a terrible hire, blah, 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 blah. And then like all of a sudden after he wins the Super Bowl, like now it's like, oh, he's a top five coach in the league. It's like, okay, well, what's the reality here? Like the reality is if he's a top five coach in the league and he's playing the clapper, Jason Garrett, um, coming off a bye week at home, like if you if you can't win and if you can't win by more than a touchdown in that situation, you're not a top five coach in the league. So like to me, this is a referendum on the head coach of the Eagles. Um, and like until proven otherwise, I, I will uh, I'll I'll back him. Um, I don't feel great about it laying six points. Um, this Eagles team has been super inconsistent all year, but coming off the bye, um, you know since. Uh, it was a stat since uh, since '08, so the last decade, they're eight and three immediately following a bye. So th- this team has done well when given that extra week of preparation. So 
Um, I'll, I'll give Doug Peterson the benefit of the doubt, and I'll uh, I'll take the birds here. Yeah, I I like look at myself, and I'm like, all right, imagine I'm sitting on my couch on Sunday night. I'm texting you guys about this game, mostly texting Mark, saying, oh, I can't wait. Like, this is gonna put whoever's you know whoever wins this game is gonna be in the driver's seat for the NFC East because I don't really believe this Redskins team. And I just like, there's no way Jason Garrett on a short-ish week goes to Philadelphia and beats them coming off of a bye. Like, it's just, in, it, it, it feels impossible to me. Not to mention the fact that it, we might lose to this Titans team and like Jason Garrett might be <laughs> gone for all we know by next week. Like, <laughs> like this is, I'm telling you, I was telling you guys this before we started recording, like this might be the Jason Garrett gets fired game uh, because we're, we're probably going to lose the Titans. Um, and so I look at this and I say, Hey, the Eagles seem like, if, I mean, they're going to be my anchor for some, some money line parlays if I decide to go that route. But if nothing else, it does feel like the, um, the, the Eagles are going to be able to win this game handily and cover. Um, so <laughs> checks to say, but give me the Eagles here because there's just no way like if the Cowboys go into that stadium to win. Ramu, where are you going with this game? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I have a question, Mark. What is what is the uh, deficiencies on this Eagles team from this year to last year? Like, what what have been the big issues? I mean, this, on defense, the secondary has been really soft. Um, it's not necessarily a huge personnel difference. We're just not we're not covering on the outside. Like Mac- Malcolm Jenkins, who's a safety, is kind of our best man-to-man cover guy. And then on offense, um, I do think we really miss Jay Ajayi um, and uh, and four twenty Blazin, Legarrette Blunt. Like we don't have we don't have a go-to play call or ball carrier on like third down and two yards to go. Like we're, we're still having to dial up kind of gimmicky plays in those situations that so we haven't really settled into a rhythm offensively. Um, outside of that, I think like just kind of the, the stereotypical Super Bowl hangover, like the team hasn't seemed super focused. Uh, they've been kind of up and down week to week. So I, I think maybe this bye week is, is going to help them get their mind right. And uh, if, if you can figure out the game planning side of things, maybe they start to turn it around. But like the schedule from here is tough. Like we still have to play the Rams. We still have to go to New Orleans. So it's like it's going to be a battle. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good content. I think all that said, I I still like the Eagles here, especially at home. Um, uh, I didn't even realize it's a, a bye week and then a short week for the Cowboys, so that's even more futile to fire on the six points. Um, it's just a, it's also appetizing. It's just a touchdown, and I think that's that's probably the, the big injury for me is that you can kind of see this thing um, go up a touchdown or maybe it's two field goals and it pushes. So yeah, that sounds like the the move. Eagles um, cover the six. I mean, like, here's how I, I like. I think remove. I think that's exactly right. And that like, the Eagles are going to be up a touchdown. The Cowboys are going to like get the ball with a chance to like drive and score. And we're gonna fucking waste the clock. And like, Dak's gonna like scramble and fumble, and the Eagles will win the game. Like, I I can just see it. I can like already see it. It's gonna be like a little teaser. Oh, like NFC East rivals. Like, gonna be a close game. And like we're gonna have a chance to like send this thing to overtime, and it's just not gonna happen. And then Jason Garrett's gonna, if he's not fired by Tuesday, he'll be fired that Tuesday, that Monday, I guess. Um, Hari, take us home. Where are you going with this game? <clears throat> so I think uh, so. Two things. One, I think the Golden Tate thing is gonna be a big deal. Golden Tate has caught 18 passes for 236 yards and two touchdowns in four career games against Dallas. They went for 132 and two. 
when he played the Cowboys earlier this season, the Golden Tate like crushes the Cowboys. Um, I, I think he just enjoyed beating that team. Uh, and so with the trade for Golden Tate to the Eagles, I think that that um, is a very good player prop if you're interested in those kinds of bets uh, to put him up as maybe the first touchdown score or will t- score touchdown in game. Um, with that being said, the actual way I want to bet this is I want to bet the under in this game. Um, if we're really telling the truth about both these teams, like sort of being a little bit inept on both sides of the ball, um, the Cowboys are averaging 20 points a game. The Eagles are only averaging 22. Um, and even though this over-under seems pretty low at 43, I would be honestly surprised if they reach it. So I'm going to hit the under on Cowboys-Eagles today. Right. Under 43, I like it. Or under 42 and a half. Okay. All right. Let's take us home. I'm going to skip the silly Ramu, who is it sponsored by? Because for some reason, Hari texted me and said, I want to guess this line, which is Saints at Bengals. So Hari, I will let you go first. What? What? So, so I didn't. I didn't want to say I want to guess the line. I know what the line is, and I thought it was crazy. So I said I want to let the other two guys guess it. So I already. Oh. I'm gonna refuse myself from this choice. I want. I want everyone else to guess this one. Okay. All right. Um, Saints at Bengals. Mark, what? Uh, what do you guess for this line? Um, I think. I think that like the Saints are, are getting a lot of hype. Um, in the media right now, obviously coming off the big win yesterday, I. But I think like like Vegas is gonna see see Cincinnati as kind of a sleeper here, um, which isn't to say they're gonna be favored. But I don't think it's like Saints by a touchdown or anything like that. Um, I think this is like right in that like Bill Simmons Vegas zone, and is gonna be a complete stay away for me. Give me give me the Bengals. Uh, I mean, the, give me the Saints minus three and a half over under um, fifty two. Interesting. Okay, Saints minus three and a half on the road. Ramu, where are you going with this game? Uh, yeah, I think it's just under touchdown um, for the Saints. So I said six and a half, and the over under I put it higher. I put it at um, I put it actually at fifty five and a half. Hmm. Okay. So Mark, you're very close. It is Saints minus four, over under fifty four. So I'll hmm. start with Hari. And that Hari, why are you so why are you so surprised by this line? I am surprised by this line after watching that New Orleans Saints team. I mean, we were in, I mean, albeit they sort of, you know, almost let uh, the Rams back into that game, but they were very, very impressive in that game. Um, they were very, very, I mean, that, that game was a thousand yards of total offense. Uh, and that New Orleans Saints team looked literally unstoppable. Every time they were going down the field, especially in that first half, they were, I mean, just running it down the LA Rams show, who previously, right? I mean, the, the story about the LA Rams is like, Aaron Donald, you can't really run on them. You can't really pass on them. They have this very intimidating front four, you know, and, and they're going to go after you. And and Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara made them look horrible. And the number of passes that Michael Thomas caught, like it's insane that they couldn't get a single person to shadow that guy the whole game. And if you're looking at this Bengals team, like it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like if you think that that Rams team is good, like this Bengals team is probably one to two steps down from them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't know. It, it was a huge surprise to me when I saw it open at four. It's actually moved up to five now. Um, but I think like Saints covered this easy. I, I think the Saints are bar none the best team in football. Like I think I would take them. Like if if they Whoa. opened against the Chiefs, I'd take them on the money. Like that Saints. Like I wow 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 because as a Falcons fan, but this Saints team is is the best team in football. And don't be surprised uh, when they're holding up the Lombardi in February. I think they're that good. I think that they're that, the best team in football. That is a crazy thing because. I, re- I, I respect what you're saying, but you have to keep in mind they are a different team on the road than they are at home. It's just like, that's just like 
talk about someone who knows that very well about the Falcons. Like outside of playing in Atlanta, where essentially it feels like they are playing a home game because they torch you guys there. So like I'm looking at Drew Brees. Here is here is his fantasy points on the road this season. At the Giants, eight point six. Out Baltimore, sixteen point five. At Minnesota, six point eight. Here are his fantasy points at home, and I'll include the Falcons game. 30 uh, against Tampa Bay, 31.6 against Cleveland, 18 against Atlanta, 41 against Washington, 27 against the Rams, 31. So like you have to keep in mind that like if they have to go on the road to Kansas City, like in the winter, this is a very, very bad scenario for Drew B so, because he so that's, is a, so that's a good point, right? I think New Orleans, if they had to go on the road against, like, their away points average per game is 32 and a half. Like, I, I, like I understand they're not the same team. They're 37.2 at home and 32 and a half away. But this New Orleans team is, is no slouch. They're averaging, like, close to eight points more than they did last year. And last year's team, like, wasn't great. But this team is, is bananas. And it's really because Drew Brees knows that, like, at any point in time, he has five or six weapons out there, and there's not, there aren't enough cornerbacks on that team to stop them. That, that's the problem with, with playing New Orleans right now. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and, like, I agree with you. I'm actually, like, 100% staying away from this game. Um, but if I, if I go in and I look at this line, like, it feels just about right, only because the Saints playing outdoors, like, they still statistically, from an offensive standpoint, um, haven't really shown themselves to be as capable as they are at home. Like obviously their defense has been able to score a couple of touchdowns um, in those games. And so I'm going to look at this game and where I think is some interesting value, just because I think it's a bit of a hangover game is on the under, which is like, I know it's like a crazy scary thing to do when you're, you know, betting, um, betting a Saints game. But I look at this and say 55, like either the Saints pull them out or they just don't get there. So give me the under of this game. Um, I'll go to Mark at it closer. So Mark, what's your take? Um, so I said this is a stay. We talked about it, and I remember seeing somewhere on Twitter something about AJ Green. Um, AJ Green's name, and um, it appears he's out for this game. So I just took New Orleans minus five. New Orleans gonna win this game by like double digits. <laughs> there you go. Easy. Ramu, where are you going with this game? Yeah, same. I don't know about that over under to me. I, I maybe stay away from that. But yeah, I like I like the because you only here. bet the over. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to go over. I'm going to parlay it. Listen, I'm 100 percent betting on this game, mostly because I went 300,000 kager over the weekend. So what I have all the free money to just spend. So I'm definitely spending on this game. Um, this is a lock. So I. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh my god. There you go. Fine, 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 fine. All right, with that. Wait, what's, what is Ramu's oh. pick? What, what is Ramu, the what bet? Did you, did you pick the oh. Saints? Uh, did you say over? I picked the Saints. Picked oh, the Saints. Saints. All right, fine, Saints. Saints, Saints, Saints. Um, have it your way. With that, another week in the books. Another, more nicknames assigned. Guys, if we have another weekend, um, like we did this past one, um, for this upcoming one, just be wary. Your inboxes may have plane tickets to Vegas um, because then we're going to start to take this to the next level. So with that, another good week and we are out my friends.